Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the official return and revamp of Live from the Stands, a different type of sports podcast. I am your host, Lyle Anthony Golding, and with me, of course, as always, you know, we have the man, the myth, the legend, Shaquille Benty. Benty, say something to the fans real quick. And the crowd goes wild. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's good to be back. Good to be talking on. It's good to be back in the stands, you know, because we're live from the stands, just as Jamaican fans will be for the first time in, you know, months. But yeah, it's good to be here. And let's get consistency back on track. Yes, sir. And we know, we know we said it last time, but this time, you know, it's actually for real. We have the schedule in place now and consistency is back and here to stay. So um, we're going to get straight into the meat of the matter. And first, we're going to, of course, you know, talk about the Premier League, the biggest sporting league in the world. And we're going to do a bit of a, a quarterly season review, but we're going to start off with this weekend, which was pretty hectic. But I'm, I'm actually going to kick it over to Shaquille and let him talk about this weekend first. So on Friday, we had Austin Villa versus Southampton. Southampton won 1-0. Austin Villa has been having a terrible, I mean, completely terrible run of form. And, you know, we Jamaicans have a stake in Austin Villa's team right now because of Leon Bailey, number 31, you know, the left-footed magician. And, you know, it's it's not looking good for them. I don't, I personally don't like the run of form they're having. I know they lost Jack Grealish, but, you know, you replaced him with a, very talented winger such as Leon Bailey. So I expect you to, you know, do more. And on Saturday, we had hmm, Man United versus Manchester City. I know Lyle <sighs> definitely has something to <laughs> say about that. They lost 2-0. And it's nothing new. It's not anything unexpected because Manchester United has been terrible. And I don't know what's going on for them. I would mention that I am only in because, you know, that's for later on the podcast, but I am only in just prefacing the conversation with that. Norwich won 2-1 to Brentford, and that was a good game. Um, Norwich finally beat, finally got the first win, and it was against a very good Brentford team who they know from the championship. So they should have, you know, they, this picture is expected based on the championship of last season. And Chelsea and Burnley went to a draw. That was unexpected. Crystal Palace beat Wolves. 2-0, that was good. Brighton and Newcastle won all draw on Saturday. That was also very exceptional. We talk about Sunday's games. Arsenal, who have completely turned around their season. I mean, talk about, you know, on Twitter, it was more of a relegation talk. I didn't really expect them to be relegated, but that was just to show how bad they were. And they have completely turned their season around. They are in the top five right now. It's actually crazy. It's it's fully crazy. Their their ultimate vibes, their ultimate vibes. We saw Smith Rowe get called up. I hope he doesn't play though, because you know he has Jamaican roots. I want him to come play for Jamaica. He's repping for the Low Sox brand right now. Jack Grealish has no more stake to the Low Sox um, brand. It's completely Emil Smith's role, Smith Rose right now. Um, Leeds and Leicester won all. We saw, you know, Leeds is complete attacking football. Leicester, Jamie Vardy, always good vibes, but one all game. And Everton and Spurs, Spurs under their new manager, Antonio Conte. And, you know, it was a decent show. And I saw, I saw regular and take to 
social media and say, you know, we drew the game, but under different management, we would have lost. And that, and I, I don't know if he actually <laughs> wanted to, to say that, you know, he was you know, out, but, you know, he did the trick. And then finally, the big one, West Ham, Liverpool, you know, 3-2, Liverpool lost their first loss of the season. They, I, I, I predicted to be our only loss of the season. You know, you know how that is. Liverpool is so good. Wow, but, only loss. <laughs> but, but, but West Ham, West Ham has been doing a number Amazing. against the big teams, and you know, up, up top is definitely the Jamaican striker Antonio Mikel Antonio. So you know, a Jamaican is leading the lines. So only greatness can be expected. Lal, what do you think about this week's fixture? Maybe the Manchester United game or the Liverpool game in particular? I, I kind of felt like we would end up just like focusing on the United game and the Liverpool game, to be honest, because they're the biggest starting points. And um, so as a, as a Manchester United fan, it's, it's, it's at that time. Um, we, are, we are awful. We're pretty terrible. And I was saying some very outlandish stuff to start the season because the squad that we have, you know, it's a squad that should be doing better. But, you know, we have pretty much what I think is a bottom five manager in the league with a top four squad and it's showing clearly. And the game overall, I don't even really, I know I have to talk about the game, but it's kind of depressing because City, it was it was men against boys. It was like when when you're in a when you're in a fifth form and you play against the first form of them, it just it was just easy. De Bruyne was in slippers for the second half. Pep didn't make a substitution. It's, it's, it was disrespectful, honestly. And we deserve it because we really couldn't do anything. We're not on their level. And it's it's a sad time to be a United fan. Which is why I'm officially on loan to West Ham. But we'll, ta- we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later when, when Bente gets into his team. As a matter of fact, we'll talk about that now. Bente, talk to me about the Liverpool game because I, I don't want to decide anymore. Let's go. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I feel like our defense has finally reached a point where we're going to change it up. I feel like the right back four to start the games going forward, left back, Costas, Simikas, left center back, Virgil van Dijk, right center back, Ibrahim Konate, and right back, Trent Alexander-Arnold. I know, um, you know, Andy Robinson has been so good for us, but I think there is, I think, Simikas offers something going forward that he didn't have, and it it really hinders our defensive. Our, it, it really hinders our play style. So I think Simikas has a better fit. I know that in the big games I prefer Andy Robertson, but Simikas is on the man in form right now, and I think he deserves that opportunity to get uh, go and play. Henderson was horrendous. Henderson was completely horrendous. I would not. I don't know what to say. I don't want to talk about him in a in a bad light. I just started liking him again, so I I won't even speak on him. But we need to bring in some signings. Liverpool needs to bring in some signings. I know it might come as a shock, but I think we need either Adeyemi or you know some central midfielders as well because we're we have very injury prone center midfielders. We had we didn't bring anyone to replace Wijnaldum who could basically play every game in a season for us. He was that constant in the midfield. And, you know, we have Thiago, we have Keita, who can only give us five games max before getting injured. So I think it was a moment of lapse because the game, we played played decent enough going forward. I think there was just some defensive lapse and 
I think this is nothing to worry about. I think this is just a really good game from West Ham and just one of those days for Liverpool. Going forward, Arsenal, after the international break, Arsenal, we're going to put Arsenal back in their place and, you know, we're going to move forward. And it's true because that game was honestly really into it. It was probably the game of the weekend because, you know, West Ham honestly are... They're not just like what some people say where they're just set-piece masters and they, they got big players, so they're, they're going to be good. They actually play some pretty good football and they've got good attacking players. So that game was actually pretty vibes. And looking more holistically on the season so far, I think it's I think the top four now would probably be close to what we see at the end of the season. I'm not, I think the top three is obviously secure. The, the main thing is who's going to finish fourth. But right now, Liverpool, even with the loss, Liverpool, I was saying it before this week, they're probably the best team in the world. Chelsea are, again, they also slipped up this weekend, but Chelsea have been moving brazy. And City, I mean, City are probably the worst team out of the three, but it's Manchester City with Pep Guardiola and that expensive team. So, you know, you can never call them out. So overall, I think... So far this season, it's been vibes. The major talking points have, of course, been um, Manchester United's incompetence and then the three horse race at the top. But speaking of, you know, United incompetence, we're going to hop into a segue to some, a very interesting topic because there's been a lot of managerial turmoil in the Premier League. You know, we have Ole, of course, who is on the hottest of hot seats. You have a couple of managers that have, been sacked already, you know, um, Steve Bruce. Well, it wasn't really a sack. I think it was a mutual agreement. But, you know, Daniel Falker just got sacked. Dean Smith just got sacked as well. So there's a lot of movement in terms of managers in the Premier League, as well as um, Nuno, of course. How, how could we forget Nuno? How could I forget Nuno? Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty wild. And I think it provides more entertainment for the league on a whole because... Eddie Howe at Newcastle, I think he's going to do well, but he, he's going to, of course, have to keep them up first. Um, you know, new, um, Aston Villa are probably going to have to do some soul-searching to find their new manager, but I think they'll eventually find someone good to steady the ship. And let's be honest, nobody really cares about Norwich. Let's be, let's be fairly honest. When we talk about managerial turmoil, we're talking about one man, and it's Ole. And I, I'm, I'm going to try my hardest not to vent, but this guy has to go. Benty, he has, he's got to go, bro. It's time to stays. go. I hope he stays. I truly hope he stays. And, it's, and it's, the, it's beautiful for the league. Ole at Manchester United is beautiful for the league. He he makes Manchester United so bad. And that's the greatest thing me as a Liverpool fan growing up could ever see, Manchester United being terrible. I've waited so long and, you know... Tears in my eyes, actually. Just tears in my eyes. This, this is beautiful. This is what football is about. Ole, you have my full confidence. I hope you have a fruitful career at Manchester United in that managerial spot. I hope you play Fred forever. I hope he's never injured. I hope Scott is never injured as well. So you can play that Mac Fred pivot, whatever it is that you do that's so bad. And Maguire, man. Let's, let's Maguire. Oh, my gosh. Ma- Maguire is such... 80 million pounds bargain. It's, it's such a bargain. He's he's the greatest defender I've ever seen. Truly. Uh, I need, not, I, Virg- <laughs> not Virgil van Dijk, not Rudiger, not Thiago Silva, Maguire. 
bro. It's it's we're in the Christmas season and Ole is basically Santa Ole Claus has, because he's has, just giving gifts to everybody, to all the other teams. It's just a gift every time you play Manchester United. It is, bro. Oh my gosh. I don't know what he, what secret he has for um the the Glazers or I, I heard something that he's is basically what they want. They they they're getting their money, so they don't really care about the results. So therefore, you know, he, he's he's a good enough manager to carry on what they want. And truly, I know I, I know I'm a Liverpool fan, and I know I said what I just said. But honestly, we want to see. I want Manchester to meet Manchester United at their best. That that is when football is really good. And I don't think Man, um, Ole is really using that team. You guys need some pieces, of course. You guys need a CDM. Truly, Facts. You guys need a more competent. Center back for me, I don't think the way forward is Maguire. Varane is very good, but I find Maguire and Varane to be two sidekick center backs, not leader center backs like a Van Dyke or a Ramos. You know, the talkative one, the the the, the one who's really True. that anchor presence. And as such, I feel like you guys need that anchor presence center back and. Truly, I don't think giving even getting those players, giving those keys to Ole is what's necessary right now. I think Ole is definitely a Premier League two manager, maybe championship, but I I don't know. I don't the 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 board is backing him and everybody's backing him. Sir Alex Ferguson is backing him, and I think that that has a major role to play because if Fergie wants somebody, you know, we saw it with Moyes. If Fergie wants somebody to stay, that's what it is. And, you know... Bro, the worst the worst me. thing about this is that he's not going anywhere, at least until the end of the season. I know, I know in my heart that he's not going anywhere because Manchester United Football Club cares about one thing. Are you going to make the Champions League? If you are, you can stay. It's all about the money, bro. They don't, they don't care about footballing results because any competent football institution would make a decision. Spurs Spurs lost us and immediately made the decision and took Kante. Bro, Aston Villa made the decision. Norwich made the decision. And Manchester United, one of the biggest clubs in the world, have not made the decision. And we're just going to, we're just going to be, bro, we genuinely, if he stays the whole season, we might genuinely finish seventh or eighth. We might finish mid-table, honestly. It's crazy, bro. But we need, bro. We'll have more time to talk about Ali because I know for sure he's not getting sacked. So on subsequent episodes, we'll have much more time to... I'll have more time to vent. So we're going to, we're going to wrap up on the managerial turmoil and then we're going to actually make a big switch across the pond to what I think is the most entertaining sport in the world. And I know Benty might agree. Facts. The NBA. Facts, facts. So Facts, facts. You know, we we want to do some predictions. Now I know, I know, I know. It's already like what five, six games into the season. So it's it's pretty late for predictions. And we have some information now that we can go off of. And I know for sure that my picks now wouldn't have been my picks at the start of the season. But we are actually going to go into some way too late NBA predictions. I'm going to hand over to Benty to lead us through this segment. So personally for me, I think my picks basically remain the same. Ah, if not, they're close enough because I'm just that good. But um, let's 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 kick it off. So for the rookie of the year, the rookie of the year, 
who is your rookie of the year? Now, yeah. this is actually crazy because I think that this rookie class is one of the best classes that we've seen in a long time. Because there, there's honestly three players that I think could genuinely win. And that's Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, and Jalen Green. Those three have been balling, and honestly. But if I had to pick one, I'd go with my guy, Scotty Barnes. And look, I, I was torn between him and Evan because Evan's in my fantasy team and he's been doing well for me. But Scotty, he's just been playing on a different level, bro. Locking up KD and Harden last game, having KD recognize him. He's, he and that Raptors team, I think, are very underrated and they're going to surprise a lot of people. And he's going to have such a long time in the league because what the league recognizes is unicorns. So Fucks. It, you look at Zion Williams, a person of his size to be so athletic, unicorn. LeBron James, the fitness, the peak, unicorn. You look at Luka Doncic, you know, he's so slow, but he's so tall and he's able to get his shots off, he, he, unicorn. So Scotty Barnes is such a tall player who can handle the ball, who can shoot, who can get to the rim, get to his spot, defends well. He's going to have a long time in the league and I believe he will be the rookie of the year. I had, I, I, I had thoughts about Jalen Green, but it's going to be hard for him because the Rockets are young and there's a lot of people trying to prove themselves. And I know... Um, Kevin Porter Jr. is trying to prove himself as well. So it's a strange situation where you have so many young players trying to prove themselves. So definitely Scotty Barnes for me as the rookie of the year. I see Cade Cunningham coming and it's it's just 10 games of the season. So maybe he can make a, a, a push. He he didn't get a, off to a bad start. So he has a chance. But moving on to the most improved player of the year, who do you think it will be? For me personally, I have to go with my guy, Lonzo Ball. He's been balling out at the Chicago Bulls. I think the Chicago Bulls are the most exciting team in the league right now. And Lonzo Ball is, has been a big part of that. You know, his father told us that, you know, just in, in any moment they will be running the league. And I think he's on that trajectory to become a future all-star and do something very special in the league for a long time to come. And honestly, bro, I'm a huge Lonzo fan. Like, from he was on the Lakers playing with LeBron, bro, I enjoyed his highlights. I enjoyed the way he plays. I, lo- I love watching Lonzo Ball, bro. And I think that he's a big, big shout for MIP. But you, you, you know, bro, you know who has to get most improved, bro. It has to be Miles Bridges' dog. The man is playing out of his mind. He, last season, he averaged just 12 points a game. And he's, I think he's up to like 23 points per game this season. His shooting splits are crazy. Playing with Lamelo, catching lobs, dunking on people. Like, I thought that he would be improving this season, but I didn't expect him to take this big a leap. Now, the test is, is going to be if he can keep this consistency going throughout the season. I don't think he's going to go the whole season averaging like 23. I think he might come down to like 19 maybe, but I think he started off crazy. And he definitely is going to be in it with Lonzo coming to the end of the season, for sure. I think it's that Lamelo ball effect. Like the ball brothers Bro, are the so ball, good, they're crazy. So I think I think Miles Bridges. I you know he he reminds me kind of what the notion was about Zach Levine, where he's just a jumper. He can just dunk. 
but he's kind of slowly built himself to, you know, I can shoot the ball too. I can get to my spot. I can score on you. I can do what, you know, I can do everything else in the league. I'm not just a dunker. And, you know, he raps, but we're not going to talk about that. That That's not good. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go to the six man of the year award. Who do you have as your six man of the year? Well, as, as the fans will know, I'm an avid Miami Heat fan, Heat culture. And there's, there's, there's only one person that can make six fun. Come on, bro. Baby Goat, Tyler Hero. He's been going crazy, bro. Tyler, he's been... Uh, honestly, he's been one of the focal points of our offense with Jimmy. And, you know, he's basically coming off the bench, but he's getting starter minutes, so you know his numbers are going to be good. He's averaging 20-plus. He's he's a, he's a taller point guard, or taller shooting guard, so he gets a decent amount of rebounds as well. I think it's definitely going to be his award this year because I think the Miami Heat are going to do great things, something Shaquille will know about because it's the first Celtics. Who's your pick, bro? Um, don't jab at the Celtics, man. It's it's a sensitive topic right now. We're going through a whole heap. You don't kick a man while he's down. Um, <laughs> but for, for the sixth man of the year, it has to be Tyler Hero. This, this, I had Jordan Poole as a shout, but... Tyler Hero has been, he made, a, he made a statement that he's up there with Morant and Doncic and Trey. And he's proven himself. He's really proven himself. I know a lot of people don't rate bench players, but he's coming off the bench and he's shown that I can run with the best of them. This wasn't just a one season, a one moment thing. He's really put up the numbers. He's done some crazy things. And I just hope that Spolstra doesn't start him and he can win his award because that that's pretty much put yeah. down for him. It's pretty much put down for him. And let's get to the defensive player of the year. For me, for me right now, the defensive player of the year is probably. <laughs> I want to say it's 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 Gobert. I want to say it's Gobert because of he's. You never really think Rudy Gobert. You don't really watch his games because. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I don't really watch the jazz. Like for real, I, I'd, I'd rather catch up on the jazz unless yeah, they're same. not interesting. They're not really that interesting. I mean, Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles is one of their star players and he's not interesting at all. No offense, Joe Ingles, you're, you're a bucket getter, but I mean, you know, they're not really that interesting. I got Mitchell on my fantasy team. So of course I want him to do well, but I know that Rudy Gobert will get his blocks. He will get his defensive rebounds and more than likely, he will win the defensive player of the year because he's he's the stifled tower. You know what I mean. And you know, it was it was hard for me to go away from Gobert, but I feel like I, I definitely got you with this one because Rudy Gobert now has three. As of right now, he has three DPOYs, and the record for most DPOYs is four with Motombo and Ben Wallace, bro. And I know for a fact that NBA voters and the media, they go off narrative. And Rudy Gobert equaling the most DPOY awards in history, that just don't, that, that, that's not a story that we want to hear right now. Nobody, nobody wants to hear that. So it's going to go to the guy that it should have gone to last year. And of course, you know, you might say it's heat bias again, but it's definitely Bam Adebayo, Idris, the GOAT, he can guard all five positions. He's he's a blocking machine, point center. Like he's he's one of the most impactful defenders in the league in terms of he allows the Heat to play the way that they play, without five out switching everything with PJ as well. 
And I think that he's going to finally get the recognition he deserves this year and win the BPOY award. That's a good shout. I that's a good shout. That's actually a good shout, to be honest. And I I know what you're saying about the narratives because Definitely that year when Giannis won back-to-back MVPs and the Defensive Player of the Year, I think they were playing into that narrative that he actually won it. And, you know, only him and Michael Jordan would have done that and not LeBron. So I think they wanted something against LeBron. Not, not that Giannis is not a hooper. I, I've, I've, learned, I've learned to grow and respect Giannis now as a person and the ah, basketball player. Round of applause. Round of applause. It, it's been a moment. And I know you guys have been waiting on that, but Giannis Antetokounmpo can hoop now. He's expanded his game. He's expanded his bag, which brings me into the MVP conversation. My MVP is none other than, no, it's not Giannis. It's, for me, the MVP is going to be Stephen Curry. Let's talk about it. He's going to get his third MVP because I can, the Warriors are just too good right now. The Warriors are just too crazy, good. Honestly. Somebody said before this season that Warriors fixtures, they should at least be nine and one. And, and this girl who works for um, Bar, Barstool Sports says, no, that's impossible. They're playing the Lakers and the Clippers and Memphis and Chicago, and it's not looking good. For, they are nine and one right now. They are nine and one. Without Clay Thompson, the 77th best player ever in the game. <laughs> and... and to me, that is something that is truly incredible. We saw Stephen Curry go crazy last season, and I think that they they have the right tools around them. They have Kamavinga, Kamavinga, and Kuminga. Sorry, my bad. I'm thinking about football. Sorry, Kuminga, Jonathan Kuminga, and you know they have Wiseman still. So they they're just gonna work on it. And Poole has been playing crazy. Like I said, he he has a six man of the year shout. So you know. It's going to be good. I think Stephen Curry has what it takes to win the MVP award. How about you, Lyle? Who's your most valuable player? Um, It's so hard to go against the easy answer that is Steph because you just know he's going to win. He's playing out of his mind and he's playing on the best team in the league right now. The war- it's so crazy to say, but the Warriors are the best team in the league and Clay isn't even back yet. When Clay is back, it's going to be so scary for the league, I swear. But I'm going to say that Steph is going to win. However, again, I have to say, I, I hope that my boy Jimmy Buckets gets his shout because he is carrying, well, he's not carrying, but he's the best player on the best team in the East. And I think he should definitely get some MVP recognition. But as I said, Steph is probably going to win, so I'm going to take Steph. The day Jimmy Buckets wins uh, MVP in a league is the day I I will never watch basketball again. I don't. I mean, he's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, he's he's don't good. Say that now. He's good, know. but I don't think he will ever win a Most Valuable Player award. He's good. He's great, even, but he's not Most Valuable Player of the NBA type. We'll we'll if you know see. what I mean, he's not that. He's going to plateau at some point. It's, it's inevitable, to, to be honest. He's not, he doesn't have that superstar caliber we'll see. That, that, I, we'll see. that I get, but we'll Write see. Write it I down. Get. We'll see, we'll see. So we, we go to the conference winners. Who will be your conference winner for the Eastern Conference? Who will be coming out of the East to go to the NBA Finals? Um, 
So I really, again, this is, this, it must be getting boring for you guys, all this heat propaganda from me. Like, I really want to say the heat, and I think that we're probably going to make the conference finals, but you know it's going to be the Brooklyn Nets. And I know they still don't have Kyrie, but I feel like I have an inkling feeling that Kyrie eventually is going to get the Vax. Eventually, I think he will. And even if he doesn't, he's probably going to get traded for another great asset. So with that, they still have Kevin Durant, who probably right now is the best player in basketball. They still have James Harden, who is a top five, top six type NBA player. You know, they've got a good bench rotation. They've got good depth. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge said, I don't got no heart problems no more. I'm coming back to play. I want this ring. And I think that it's hard to bet against the Nets, but if anybody's going to beat them, it's going to be the Heat. But out of the East, I have the Nets going to the NBA Finals. Who do you have, bro? Bing bong. The New York Knicks is oh, not coming oh. out of the Eastern Conference <laughs> Finals. No. Like, I mean, the Knicks are good. The Knicks are good. Don't get me crazy. Don't nah, get me wrong. Doom's going to get me wrong. That that. But the Eastern Conference, I just had to, to slam on the Knicks one time. They're not good. But the Celtics are definitely not coming out of the East as well. I have to say that about my team, unless we get it sorted. For me, who's coming out of the Eastern Conference is the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, the Brooklyn Nets definitely have to come out of the Eastern Conference. What I would do if I was them, I'd take Kyrie Irving, put him in a nice package, ship him off to Philly. I'd ship him off to Philly and I'd take um, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, yeah. I'd take Ben Simmons because... I think he would just work better with, 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 you know, he's, he's, he's a big guard and yes, he needs the ball in his hand, but he's not ball dominant, just like Kyrie Irving is ball dominant. And just like that, I think Kyrie adds something to Philly, if you know what I mean. Kyrie has something to Philly, which is why when I saw the Celtics wanting, you know, Ben Simmons, <laughs> that was the, that, that, that wasn't a bad shout, but I just don't want to give up Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons. But he would be the right mixture for our two superstars because he would allow them to get their shots by, you know, attracting some attention with his post play and his passing out of the post as a big guard. It would be a problem for, we could play five, we could play, you know, we could use him as a power forward and play small ball and that would just be excellent. So, so, I think the Nets will come out even if they make that trade. They, they can put Kyrie in a nice, lucrative package and ship him away. He's not worth all that drama to me. But if he does eventually, you know, get the, the vaccination and decide he wants to come and play for the Brooklyn Nets, it's his decision, of course, and he can do what he wants to do. But, you know, if he does get that, I see them finally, you know, making that jump and going to the the... NBA Finals to face, and this is my Western Conference prediction to face none other than the Los Angeles Lakers. Wow. The Los Angeles Lakers will be coming out of the Western Conference and going to the Western Conference Finals. And the reason why I say this is LeBron will turn it around for them. LeBron is a good enough leader, a good enough GM, a good enough coach, a good enough 
president of basketball operations. He's basically <laughs> the organization wherever he goes. And I think he will talk enough sense into them. My main thing is just him staying healthy. I, I need, it, it's getting to that time where LeBron is about to retire people. So enjoy LeBron James. Tr- trust me, enjoy LeBron James. You don't want it to be a situation where I never enjoyed Kobe Bryant as much because I had that hatred for him on the court because, you know, he sent away Shaquille O'Neal. But anyway, that's for another time. And, you know, the, we only get to see special players like LeBron James, like Kobe Bryant. We didn't see Michael Jordan, but my, our parents saw Michael Jordan. We only get to see those special type of players once in a while. So enjoy LeBron James. But yeah, I think the Lakers will, you know, go to the, the, the come out of the Western Conference finals and face the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA finals. And it would be a good, it would be a good game. How about you, Lan? Honestly, I find it hard to disagree with you. So I'm, so I'm not going to. Uh, the Lakers are, I think they have the best roster in the West. Um, and as much as the Warriors right now are hot and Steph is going crazy and Poole is going crazy and they're going to get back clear and all this, that, that. But LeBron James is the great equalizer. And he has proven time and time again, just give him time and he'll figure things out. And he's going to figure it out with the Lakers. Russ is going to eventually settle into whichever role they need him to. AD is going to get get more consistent. Although AD has been really good this season. LeBron's going to figure it out. They're going to get Kendrick Nunn back, who I think was a great addition. He's been, he's been out all season. They're going to get him back, another guy that can get his own shot, put the ball in the basket, you know. And I think the Lakers are the team that's going to come out of the East. And when you think about it, you know, this is the matchup that we all wanted from the start of the season, Lakers versus Nets and Benty for the title. Who are you taking, bro? For the title, if we're talking hypothetical, say we have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden. If we have that team, I see the Brooklyn Nets. If we do not have that team, I see the Los Angeles Lakers. I see the Los Angeles Lakers and I see Russell Westbrook as finals MVP. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. And I said it to someone. Russell Westbrook in the finals can put on a performance across seven games. Not seven. I don't, I don't even think he's going to go to seven games. I think whoever is winning it is winning it in six games. It's not going to seven. But he can put a performance across, you know, a best of seven series and win the MVP. We're talking about a guy who can average triple-double. He can rebound the ball well. He doesn't necessarily shoot the ball well, but he can get buckets and he will pass the ball and get his teammates open and get that, you know, get his teammates the right shot. So I think Russell Westbrook can be a finals MVP on a championship team. Okay, okay. Um, For me, I am going to say, if, like you said, if the Brooklyn Nets get Kyrie back and it's Kyrie, KD, and James Harden, then the winner is going to be the Lakers. The Lakers are still winning. Whatever team the Nets come with, LeBron is walking out of there with a ring number. Which, which ring would it be? Five? Four? Would it be five? I, I, I it lost. It would be five, right? It would, Four? It would be five. It would be five. So he had two with the two with the Heat, one with yeah, the one Cavs, with the Cavs, one with the Lakers. One Lakers. Walking Four, out so. with a ring number five. So and if he would, gets five, you know, he's up there with Kobe gets, now. And one, no. one, one from Jordan. If he gets so five, go, go to me... 
he's already good. But that's a, that's a, that's a discussion for another day. He's yeah. good already to me too. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we, we're both you know basketball savants, so so you know, great minds. But yeah, I think that the Lakers are going to win the chip, and I think that Anthony Davis is going to walk out of there with Finals MVP. So those are our way too late NBA season predictions. And, you know, like a great man once said, don't call it predictions. Just call them spoilers. For me, at least. All my picks are going to be the ones that happen. Not too sure about Bente. But, you know, you can trust us here at Live <laughs> from the Stands. <laughs> so, guys, just to wrap up everything in a nice little bow for this week, we're going to just give you guys a couple quick updates. So... As I said, to start off the show, Live from the Stand is going to go fully weekly. We're going to upload videos every week at the start of the week. So you're going to have a great time to tune in. You can set your reminders, put on your alarms on your phone so that you know that every week we're going to put out the date on our social media, on our Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at Salem876 and you can see when exactly the episodes are coming out, see our schedule and then tune in every week for your daily dose, your weekly dose, sorry, of Live From The Stands. Also, we are going to have some opportunities for viewers to send in questions that they might have, um, some topics that they might want us to talk about, and all of that is going to be done through our social media. And you're going to see us, me and Shaquille, as well as the CDM 86 page, putting out updates. So you can catch us over on Twitter, you can catch us on Instagram as well to get all these updates and to see what we have going on. And lastly, we're going to have some special episodes throughout the season where you, right from home, yes, you listed right now, can hop on to Live From The Stands and give your views and see if you can outdo me and Benty, you know, the sports experts, self-proclaimed, on these topics. So we're going to also drop those huge updates on our social media and let you guys know how you can send in your requests and maybe be featured on future episodes. So Binti, anything else you want to say to the fans before we close out this week's episode? I mean, all I all I have to add is that, you know, thanks for listening, man. Like truly, you know, you guys just listening to us talk, you know, we're, we're self-proclaimed sports experts and you know, you guys listening to us, we appreciate it. If nobody ever told you, we appreciate it. And, you know, just have a good week. Just have a good week. Oh, also, Schoolboy Football is back. And there's no better place to find Schoolboy Football content than Stadium 876. Trust me, we're, we're coming out with some really good stuff, some really appealing graphics, some really good content that you would want to lock onto and be a part of. So follow Stadium 876 on all platforms. We have a TikTok, by the way. We have a TikTok with some really good edits, really funny videos and all that type of stuff. So get onto our TikTok too. I know I know you're on TikTok. You're about to finish listening to this podcast and then hop on TikTok. So yeah, just follow us on TikTok, listen to our videos, watch our videos, and then follow our page, You know, like our videos and share with a friend. So yeah, that's it from me. Yes, sir. And with that, we come to the end of this week's episode. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. You guys make this possible. And, you know, um, 
I'm 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 kind of new to this outro thing. I think I remember the original outro that Binti started with. So thanks for tuning into live from the stands. Don't be a bleacher. Don't sit in the bleachers. Don't be a bleacher. Don't sit in the bleachers. Don't sit in the bleachers. Be in, in the grandstand. Ah. Yeah, I think I think we got it. We'll, we'll, we'll get better with it. We'll get better with it. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah.